0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him.
1: I started this mini two-part sermon two weeks ago on fasting. Okay, that's why I asked you to mention your favorite um Sunday dinner, because then you can also connect to the sermon a little bit in a natural way. Imagine giving that meal up, eh? Hey? Um I just want to say quickly, we're gonna talk about fasting. Um and maybe you've never fasted or you're not interested to fast. Um you will not be excluded in this message if your heart is to be intimate with God, because that is what fasting is about. This is a sermon about intimacy with God and the way He speaks to us. And fasting is just one of those ways how we position ourselves to hear clearly from God. Okay, So, tonight, and I want us to do it, because otherwise we think fasting is some superior thing and God only speaks when we fast. Every time when I speak about fasting, you could replace it with drawing near. Fasting is a type of drawing near. And all the benefits of fasting, all the ways God speaks to us, um, in fasting, it's just another way of drawing near where often we position ourselves to such a way that we can hear very clearly. But you are drawing near, hopefully tomorrow morning. Okay, so everything we mentioned about fasting, even if tomorrow you eat, if you draw near, these are the truths that will come into your heart. Does that make sense? Great. Father, I want to thank you for this evening. Thank you for just this wonderful time of worship together just to raise our voices. We we have our thoughts and our minds and our words on, on so many things during the week. And then for this moment on a Sunday, we raise our voices to you and to you alone. Thank you for this time. And now may your word also minister deep into our hearts and change us to become more like Jesus. Amen. Let's do this. Say to the person sitting next to you, fasting is drawing near. Alright. I'm just going to do a quick recap for those who were not here two weeks ago. Um, In the King James Version of the Bible, which was the first English Bible translated... Alright, it is, sometimes we've got an idea that because the words is thou and thee, it is the best translation. It is not. It's not a bad translation. If you only have a King James Version, you can carry on with that Bible. All the truth is in there. It's not the best translation. It's the first time the Bible was translation, translated, and the translation has gotten better. All right. Some other things in the King James were um, translated so literally that it will have no cultural uh, meaning for you. For example, in one place in the King James, it says, "You shall not marry or sleep with your niece of your nahi." Okay, but literally the, the the Greek sounds like that. But what the Scripture actually says, you should not sleep with anyone <laughs> before you get married. Are you with me? So just those little things. Now we find this verse in the King James Bible after the disciples could not drive out the demon. It says this kind goes not out by prayer, goes out only by prayer and fasting. Okay? It's only by prayer and fasting that this type of demon would be cast out. But the original Greek only says this type goes out through prayer. Okay? And was added by the King James Translate is because they thought it, it must be what he was trying to say because obviously the disciples prayed, all right. However, what Christ said is a life of prayer. The person that is close to me, who abides in prayer, will have authority over such demons, all right. But what this verse has done. Wrongly translate. you will not find it in in, in ESV or NASB. You will not find it in most translations because it's not there. All right? But what this has done is it, it has placed a spin on fasting where people believe if I fast, God will help me. But if I don't fast, God will not help me. All right. Now, I'm not saying that there's amazing things that happen when you fast, that there is. But what has settled in our minds is that if I fast, then I can get God to be kind to me because actually he does not want to be kind with me. So I must punish myself through fasting, and already fasting starts with a bitter taste in my mouth. I must work. So now I'm going to fast for this thing in my life. But should I fast one day? Is that going to be enough to to twist God's arm? Scripture says He's kind. Should I fast two days, or maybe a week. should I fast until there's breakthrough, and I and I just you know stop before I die? This was never the heart of fasting. Okay, and like we said two weeks ago, the heart of fasting is a lot more in this area. If we go to the next slide. This is I'm trying to earn God's favor. I want something to happen, so I fast. On the other side, we have set your affection or your heart on things above, not on the things of earth. Fasting lives in this world. It takes the work. I'm, I'm dry out of it. To... I want to be intimate with him to see what he has to say. And I want to have a special time with him. Are you with me? All right. Great. I I just want to say this. I have a King James Bible, okay? I'm I'm not knocking it. Most modern translations is good. You can really read it. Uh, You don't I'm not gonna rank and say this one is best and this is of a devil. All I'm saying is the translators are trying their best to convey what um, the original scripture said. So you've got word-for-word translations, which is pretty much like the King James, and you've got thought-for-thought translations, and you've got those in the middle. In the middle you get like the ESV, the NASB, NIV. Then you've got the the thought-for-thought, which is more like the NLT. It's good. It's, It's nothing wrong with it, but it moves more from the literal words to the main thought. And some of the straight literal words, because in Malawi, a certain word, if you just... Say it over in Afrikaans. This is for Kira All right. So they would just have make sure the people get the thought. But here they got it wrong. Okay. And most scholars will agree with 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 that that the word fasting is not in that scripture. You can chat to me about it if you want. But it is a solid translation. Cool just quickly want to read this and then we'll go on. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. God said, I am pleased with Jesus. I love him. I'm happy with him. Are you with me? After that, next verse, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So Jesus did not fast to obtain the approval or the love of the Father. It was granted. It was given before he fasted. Okay. So if you feel... I don't feel loved by God. Um, I feel so fond and I think God is mad at me. I will fast until he loves me. Don't fast. You are wasting your time. He already loves you. You are called son. If you've accepted Jesus, he loves you. You are celebrated and loved by the father. If you fast, fast to know him more. Fast to take your mind off things in this world and place it on him. Are you with me? This is my son with whom I'm well pleased before he fasts. And then we see Jesus having a great victory over Satan. I just want to read this scripture and then we'll we'll carry on. We did this two weeks ago as well. This is just a scripture out of Deuteronomy, just to show you how Jesus related with the people of the Old Testament. Um, chapter 8, verse 2. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years. And Jesus fasted for 40 days. In the wilderness is also where he fasted. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so the first time the enemy tempts Jesus, he says, say these rocks must turn into bread. And Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. All right? Just wanted you to see that link. Alright, so then last week we had, two weeks ago we had three points. I'm just going to mention and go on. Number one, fasting is a double weapon. What it means is it prepares you to be strong in the faith, like Jesus fasted and conquered Satan, but it is also a means to conquer Satan because while you fast, you are placing God above anything else. I'm not going to go into that. It's on the sermon. You can get it off the net. Fasting produces humility. Whenever we fast in our heart and we deprive ourselves from what we rely on, we realize how vulnerable we are. When we fast, we realize that if I was in a place where there was no food, I would die. And you realize, my God, my provider, provides for me every day. Even though I take my money, it is He that provides for me to stand up, to work, to earn, and to be fed. So in our heart, there's a humility. And what our Scripture says about the humble? It says God exalts the humble, but He resists the proud. Fasting is very good for humility. And then fasting teaches us to draw near because of the absence of other havens, all these other things we keep our lives busy with, we push aside, and then there's like this, you know, that silence, and we make our life full of stuff, not to hear that. But when we fast, we've got only one option, that is to go to God. And so it teaches us to draw near. That was what we spoke about two weeks ago. Let's go on. I've got three more points, and then we're done we're talking about intimacy, we're talking about drawing near, having a heart of love towards God, much more than not eating food, but I think you guys are with me. Okay, number four. Fasting shows me what controls me. Fasting shows me what controls me. It is very important to know what is the controlling figures or rhythms in my life so that if there's something that's not from God and I see it, I can pray into that. I can ask God to help me. I can ask accountability partner to come and lay his hands on me. I can start and, 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 and clean my heart. But first, I must see it, all right? And fasting helps us with that, and I want to show you how. Now, if you, um, let me just read this. This is a, just a piece of writing from a guy called Richard Foster. You're not going to see it on the screen. Just try and follow me. More than any other discipline, fasting reveals what control us. This is a wonderful tool for the genuine disciple who longs to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Listen to this. We cover up what is inside with food and other good things. But in fasting, these underlying things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. First we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we will realize that we are angry because the spirit of anger is in us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Jesus Christ. When we fast, what, you won't even realize, but let me tell you something about you that you did not know. You numb and I numb the pain in my life and the scars on my heart with food. It gives us a feeling in our belly of it's okay for the next four hours. I'm going to be okay. If you are down, if you are lonely, if you are heartbroken, and and God has made it, uh, the the writer of uh, of predicate, Ecclesiastes, he says, eat and be satisfied. Food is from God. It's good. Jesus loved to eat with his disciples. He prepared meals for them. It just takes away, food takes away the battle of a day. Just for a moment. And if you share it with a loved one, it's even more special. Sometimes after a rough time, what do you want to do? You just want to take your wife to dinner. You want to eat together. Now, and it's from God, but when we fast, we take away this thing that helps us to deal with stuff for a while to see what this stuff really is and if we see it we can work with it all right so it's almost like um brown me will you just take off your jacket for a moment can i uh you so i'm am just doing an illustration i know you understand what i'm saying but this will help you to remember just imagine Having a, a mass, a massive flick. Okay, I'm saying uh, in his heart, there's there's something that he needs to deal with. He got hurt somewhere in his life, but and and he knows the Lord and he loves God. And but this this thing we hide through the delicacies of life. Just put this over you. So he's got a job. He can function well. He can buy food. At least that is sorted. So I don't have to deal with this now. Now. God wants to heal with us and God is speaking but he decides I need to keep myself busy so he joins some other rowing club and it takes every day of the week for two hours and this thing is just getting deeper and the more God wants to work with it the more we pile on alright okay Um, if you are single and 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 It might be that God wants to work with you, but you, you just discover, the genius you are, that the answer to my pain is a relationship. <sighs> okay? And God wants to work with this thing, and you've got capacity to work with that thing, but you don't want to, so you enroll to study another course. <clears throat> and so we do these things to make sure the hurt gets hidden below layers of life. And not one of these things are bad. The only thing is God wants to get to his heart. Okay? And thank you You can of yourself. Or if you cannot... I know. But when we fast, these things comes off. And God is very faithful. There's a lot of things he wants to work with in your life. He'll not talk to you about four or five things. He will lead you to one thing. Um, check this out. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. We're talking about the fact that fasting brings to the surface what is on God's agenda. The heart is deceitful above all things. What betekent that? Die heart probeer goed wegsteek. <laughs> okay. We get mad when people lie to us, right? Well, let me tell you what. We lie to ourselves a lot better. We hide these things that God wants to work with. The heart is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. I want to search your heart, is what God is saying. If you allow me, let's unpack and I will get in. I will search it. And I'll put my finger on something. And if you trust me with that, you will grow. That's why we are here. To be more like Jesus. Amen? Proverbs 4.22 For they, um, it's talking about the words of wisdom. For they are life to those who find them and healing. Words of wisdom, the truth. It is healing. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it froze the springs of life. Keep your heart. It means you must be a custodian of your heart. You need to know what's going on there. But the more we pile on the things of this world, the less we know who we are. And so what do we do? We try and be like everyone else. We dress like other people. We talk like other people. We listen to the music they listen to. They have a car. We want a car because we have lost who we are. And Jesus says, guard your heart, know what's in there that I can help you keep certain things out, bring other things in. Fasting is just a magnifying glass for this. The, God will help you with this tomorrow morning, whether you fast or not. All we are saying is fasting is an accelerator. Okay. It's like turning the oven from 60 to 180. Okay. Now, you guys at marriage prep saw this clip of the beans. I just want to show it in church because it shows this very truth. It's applied to to marriage here. Andy Stanley has got these two little beans, and um, let's just enjoy this, and then I'll just apply it to this point, and then we'll move on. If if you guys can organise that for us.
0: Mr. and Mrs. Mugg met right after college, and like many people, when they, you know, he saw her and said, I, oh, you, you know, and she's like, woo, you know, and he had a degree and a future, and she was, you know, look at her. I mean, she's a knockout, so she's, all oh, that's working for her. And so they started dating, and you know, when they first started dating and hanging out, they were so careful. Because he's trying to win her heart, and she's trying to win his affection. And, you know, it's just they were just so careful. And they had a few little little problems along the way, and there were a couple of bumps in the relationship. But they were just so careful, and everything was going to be great. And then they got married. And then about a month into their marriage, they had a, a, a problem. They had a bump. And stuff came out. And, and, he, and he looked at her and said, whoa, where did all that come from? (laughs) And she looked at him and said, well, I didn't know you had anger issues. And he said, well, I didn't have anger issues till you bought me. Oh, there it is again. And then they had another problem and they they just were, and she went to see her sister and she said, I didn't know he was like that. And he went to see, he went to see, you know, we don't know where guys go. They don't go anywhere, you know. He looked in the mirror, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> and he sat around thinking, wow, she makes me so mad. She makes me so mad. Whenever she brings that up, I just get mad. And if she would quit bumping me like that, then I wouldn't be so mad. My, my wife, you know, she has issues. And so he says to her, he says, you know, when we, when we were dating, I didn't see all this. I didn't, where, where's all that coming from? She says, well, every time we get in an argument, you make me act that way. Now, it's been entertaining so far even if you haven't learned anything, right? <laughs> now, here's what I want you to see. Mr. Mug thinks the reason the blue beads come out of him is because they keep having conflicts and she keeps bumping him. And Mrs. Mug thinks the pink beads keep coming out of her because he keeps, you know, they keep having problems and he keeps bumping her. But here's the here's the truth. The reason blue beads come out of Mr. Mug is because that's what's in there. And the reason the pink beads come out of, you writing this down, the reason the pink beads come out of Mrs. Mug
1: is because that's what's in there. That was like an ad break, man. This is funny, but it's so true. Just as fasting is an accelerator to show you what's in there, other difficult situations as well like marriage or you joining a team where someone irritates you. Whenever we are out of our comfort zones we tend to register certain things in our life and then we think it's those people that makes us mad but it's just because there's a spirit of anger that still have a foothold in our hearts. And so you don't have to get married and then learn those things about yourself. You can fast. Fat <laughs> weg. Okay. And so when I fast, normally, normally I learn that I don't have patience because when I fast, I'm all. Alles moet rechters fast. Alles moet And as iets nou net niet then I'm all worked up. And when I'm silent and quiet I think about it, and I realize, ah, there's an issue in me. I don't have patience. You're, that's the person who didn't produce the thing I wanted, but why did I get impatient? Because it's in me. There's a fruit that needs to grow, and that's what fasting does. Someone who fasts, normally really wants to be more like Jesus. And they would even strip that away. And that's why fasting is not popular. Before we get to fasting, we enjoy church, we enjoy the small group, we enjoy the music, and it's a great place to be. You guys are amazing. Let me tell you what. This is great people for friendship. Those who push on to fasting pushes beyond. Church is great. Worship is great get some word, into a place where they say, I want to look more like Christ on the inside. Lord, show me what's in me. Amen? Fasting shows us what controls us. Because all those things that numbs us, we take away. Number five. God gives direction in fasting, God gives direction in fasting. And this is not because God will not speak when you don't fast, this is probably because when you fast you hear Him, because all the other voices are turned down. No food, no gym, geen Zumba class, geen that, that, the stall. And God speaks. And I hear. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. While they were fasting, they heard. When we fast, we give God the opportunity. Because we silence the voices of this world, we give Him the opportunity to come with a heavenly perspective. And speak into our lives. let me give you another example. Um, and this can happen tomorrow morning if you can open up a time where you will have nothing with you except the Bible and you and God. that's drawing near okay The disciples try and catch fish. they don't catch anything. Jesus comes walking on the beach with a heavenly perspective. He comes from the outside and he says, "Put your nets on the other side." He's got one of those fish finders. <laughs> and they catch a great catch. Whenever Jesus comes in and gives his perspective and we listen, he gives direction. He moves us. Because he can see eternity. And when we fast, those, that that voice, that unctions of the Holy Spirit is just so much louder. So much clearer. And it helps us what also happens is you take that day and, and you read the word and suddenly something that has been so, it's been taking so, so much space in your thinking and you've been so worried about this thing, but suddenly God gives you a heavenly perspective and you realize you've been ordering your life around this thing, but it's actually nothing. You've just experienced a revelation from God. And so he helps you, gives you a revelation, you change direction. And you catch those fish, there's fruit that comes into your life. Make sense? God gives us direction when we fast. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. Last point. Fasting connects me with spiritual resources. Fasting connects me with spiritual resources. We go to the next slide, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know. Okay, when the Israelites went in the wilderness, all, everything they, their parents have taught them through the generations about making food, about even the lakabur, okay, meat and, and growing um, uh, nice food, you know, the time of Jacob and Esau, which was the, Jacob was a gardener and Esau was a man of a field, Those, that, that time was before they went in the wilderness. All that knowledge came to nothing when they were in the wilderness, because there was nothing. And so God provided manna which they did not know. They've never heard it, never seen it, bread falling from the sky. And so I don't know what you need to break through in your life. I don't know what is at your doorstep, what what worries you, and, and, and what you think about and pray about. All I know is when we fast, God sends manna. He, he sends and he speaks to us in ways that we're not used to, because we are in a situation that we're not used to. We are used to being full and satisfied. We used to having, you know, we're quite in charge of our days. Now I my breakfast my shake fat I and we've got it all worked out, okay. And then we fast and we find ourselves in a place we're not used to and then God comes. And He provides in ways that we've not known before. And He speaks to us comfort in areas that we are so anxious about, so worried. It's taking our life and then you're having a moment with God and it can also happen tomorrow morning without fasting and everything change in that moment because you are drawing near. You're humbling yourself before God. Jesus, just help me with that. I'm just I just had enough of trying on my own. And then he comes and he provides. And whatever your need is, wherever you find yourself, he will speak to you in that situation. He's faithful. And maybe he's gonna say something that you don't want to hear. Maybe he's gonna lead you into a place where you don't know how it looks. Around the corner. Trust him. When you get there, he will provide. He said to Abraham, Go to a country that you do not know. Abram went and God blessed him. He had the most cattle of all the people, he became very rich. But it was a step of faith moving. And it's in this times of moving, and maybe there's a lot of people here tonight. You're just transitioning. There's things happening in your life. God is inviting you to do something or to to believe something or to take a step of faith, but you have not gone there before. And especially as South Africans, we're very we're holding on to our tradition. Yamma my opa itni and say opa Let me tell you what they've never been in the wilderness, but now they are. And then they learn about manna and the faithfulness of God who feeds more than a million people in a desert. Sometimes you need to go to uncharted territory so that you can build on top of your grandfather and his grandfather and your father. We are meant to go beyond. Even Christ said, you'll do greater things than me. And we keep on measuring ourselves with life around us. But God is maybe inviting you to be into a deeper relationship with Him, and to make radical decisions. And maybe to fast a day will help you, just to hear His voice clearly. What do you want to say to me? Sometimes you just, you just maybe need to get in your car on a Friday, go somewhere where it's only you and come back Sunday morning. And, and God, you speak with me. Draw near. And maybe you want to fast, maybe not. But drawing near is what we're talking. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. That's what Scripture says. But you need to break out of the boundaries you've placed on your faith because you've looked at what other humans have done, and spiritually you have set boundaries on that. Now, don't look at my life and fashion your life after mine. Look at Jesus and fashion your life after His. And there's a place where I can help, or where my experience or my failures can help with something. But let us look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Fasting connects me with spiritual resources. Awesome. So, what are the challenges in your life? Are you very good? Like, I guess a busybody, I'll confess, okay? I can numb out pain for, for a long while. I'll just make myself busier and busier and busier with good things. But maybe you and I have to just stop and say, God, just speak to me what is beyond. Maybe you knew around church, and someone uh, asked you to come with, and they promised to give you chocolates and stuff. I'm grateful you are here. But maybe the step in your life is to say, "I want to, I want to give my life to Jesus." Maybe that's your step of faith, and start the journey. And I'll say, because I'm not, I'm not shy to say, this is a good place. <laughs> to start your journey with Jesus. Amen? There's a sinful people like me trying to become more like Christ and you're welcome to join the journey. And maybe you, you've known him for a while, but you know you've got five gears and you just you, you just in third. Challenge yourself. What can happen if you devote yourself fully to Jesus? Let us be a congregation that motivates one another to push one another forward in Christ with love and patience and grace that we can become more like Him. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. I would love you to just have a moment. Will you open your ears? We're so busy. <laughs> Let's just close our eyes just for a minute or so and just breathe in and breathe out. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Oh, we are so different, eh? And that's great. That's from God. Never try and be someone else. Don't compare yourself with your sister or your brother. But let Christ transform you. Don't try and be like other people, but don't say, I'm not willing to change. Develop who He has made you. Become more like Him. More and more and more. As you follow Him. Lord, I want to thank you for every person here tonight. Lord, you are so in love with these people. That's why they are here. Some people haven't been in a church for a while. You being kind to them, just bringing them again to a place where they can hear your word, experience your love, and thank you for that, Lord. Lord, for those of us that that knows your love and your grace that has experienced that in our lives, for us that's following after you, let us not become complacent, but give us a heart to yearn after you, to want more of you, to grow in our kindness and our love and our patience, to love the lost world out there and to pray for them, to love one another and pray for one another. Transform our hearts. May this be a week of drawing near. I just feel I need to make an invitation tonight. Someone that maybe wants to recommit their life to Jesus, or maybe start a journey with Him. And so, I just want to speak to to you tonight. If you you hear Him call, but you, you you're really scared of what that means, and and. The enemy is just lying to you. Satan's just filling your mind with stuff like, if you follow Jesus, you'll be sorry. That's such a lie. Life is in him. He loves you and he will lead you. He will care for you. He will provide for you. He will heal your heart. And then he'll send you out to help others. That's what he loves to do. And so, if that is you tonight, then I'm going to count to three and I just want you to put up your hands I need to reconnect with Christ. Tonight is my night. I'm drawing a line. I'm not walking out of this place without placing my hand in his. And that is you on three. One, two, three. Just put your hand on. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you for anyone else. Awesome. Great. Someone's going to just look you someone's going to be in the aisle and just ask you to come to the side to, to pray with him great awesome then I also want to ask and I just want to pray here from the front if you if you just really have a desire to connect with Christ again just heart to heart I, listen I'm a pastor and I'm a preacher every week but I'll be honest with you there's there's days and and weeks and maybe in my life even months where it just feels like I'm not connected with Jesus the way it's supposed to be and then something happens there's normally something simple I just repent about something or there's a moment in worship and I just oh Lord this is how it's supposed to be And, and, and if maybe you feel you're a bit disconnected and you just want to connect back in will you just put up your hand and just as a sign of faith and I want to pray pray for you from the front Where's those people? It wants to just reconnect again heart to heart. Lord, thank you for those hands in the air. Sometimes there's this great lie that, that you, you're not for us. And and, and we, we're we supposed to work for your love and the more we want to do it, the more we are aware of how shocking we are at pleasing you. And, and, and then before we find ourselves we're so far away from you but right now i just speak your words over these people that you are well pleased with them you are well pleased with them you're a god that draws near, and you're moving into their space to say that you are well pleased with them and when they come into your presence tonight or tomorrow morning. You're not waiting there to give them a hiding. You are waiting there to connect heart to heart. Father to son, father to daughter. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you just draw them in and remind them that you are for them and not against them.